Welcome to The Unstoppable Singer. I'm your host, Danielle Tucker, a professional vocalist, vocal coach, and a lead singer of the Mighty Untouchables Band. I'm also the producer and host of the Pandemic Proof Singer Summit and The Unstoppable Singer. The Unstoppable Singer follows the lives of real professional singers who've made incredible achievements in their lives and careers. We cover everything from voice work, making money, booking gigs, songwriting, recording, session work, and more. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast. Now on with the show. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to a brand new season and another empowering episode of the Unstoppable Singer Podcast. I am your host, singer and vocal coach, Danielle Tucker. The Unstoppable Singer is a live interview style show where we dive into the lives of real life professional singers. And these singers have had uh, achieved incredible feats in their careers. And we like to explore the challenges and the triumphs that come with the life under the bright lights. And we learn what being unstoppable truly means to them. So if you are passionate about music and the stories of remarkable artists, then you're in the right place. Stick around because I'm going to jump right into it and introduce you to my amazing guest tonight. I am thrilled to introduce the extraordinary Heather Humans. Heather's journey in the world of entertainment has been nothing short of remarkable. Hailing from sunny San Diego, California, she has graced both stage and screen across the United States, leaving her indelible mark in the industry. You may recognize Heather for her unforgettable appearance as the tap dancer on the inaugural season of Fox's sensational hit show, I Can See Your Voice. Since then, her star has only continued to rise. Heather's powerful vocals have provided the backdrop for some of the biggest names in music, including Gwen Stefani, Blake Shelton, Brandy, Rita Ora, and even members of the legendary Earth, Wind, and Fire. But Heather's talents aren't confined to the studio. She has taken her captivating performances to stadiums and arenas, thrilling audiences at NBA, WNBA, MLB, and NHL events. Her dynamic voice has also found its way into the world of network TV shows and hit movies, adding her magic to productions for Fox, NBC, Disney, Hulu, Apple, and Netflix. So without further ado, please welcome Heather to the Unstoppable Singer Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me on. That was like, that was so much. It was... (laughs) That's all you, lady. (laughs) It's it's crazy um, hearing somebody else like talk about you. Mm -hmm. Um, in this type of format, because like, for me, I feel like I'm so in the day to day of what I do and like executing whatever that is that I oftentimes like don't look back at, you know, where I've been and, um, you know, why I'm where I am today. So that was a moment. (laughs) Good. I'm glad. I hope you take it in because it really is all you. And I think it's really important that we hear that sometimes, you know, because we don't often take the time to like really, you know, summarize what the big picture has been for us so far, but it's Mm -hmm. definitely something to be really, really proud of and something to, you know, use as a springboard, just going forward in this incredible journey that you are on. Um, I can't wait to get into it with you before. Let me give a little disclaimer though. There is a drum lesson going on, on the wall right next to me. So (laughs) I'm in a little bit of 
right? Uh, but hopefully, you know, we're fine. We've dealt with drummer before. <laughs> All right. So Heather, tell me, you've had some big things going on already at the beginning of this year. Tell me uh, what you're up to. Yeah. So I started 2024 on stage in Chengdu, China, ringing in the new year. <laughs> and we did the whole countdown uh, thing. There was an orchestra. I, I just finished a round of touring with Disney concerts uh, throughout China. And that was our New Year's Eve stop. And it was just such a magical moment, definitely in my like top 10 uh, favorite shows that I've ever done just to like hear everybody in the auditorium just buzzing and um you know half the time when my castmates were talking to the audience in chinese <laughs> there there were four um us based performers mm -hmm. singing but but two uh local singers that are just incredible and and they would talk to the audience and i had no idea what they were saying and i found out uh they they were asking members of the audience to come up and share what their hopes and dreams are for 2024 mm -hmm. and there were some special answers people were able to translate after we rang in the new year um but it was just one of those really magical experiences where you could just like feel the energy in the theater and mm -hmm. um we were all pumped for act two after we ran in the uh, rang in the new year so mm -hmm. it's been a wild journey um definitely one of those surreal moments yeah, I bet. Now you're just getting back. So you've got to be jet lagged from this trip. Yeah, I'm I'm three days into being back in L.A. <laughs> the first few nights were really rough. I finally slept through uh, the night last night and that was really great. So I can be wow. coherent here with you. <laughs> awesome. um, yeah, it's, it's wild. Um, you know, going and in, in touring in a different continent like that, where the time zone is like so opposite of mm -hmm. LA and just like adjusting to that and adjusting to the weather and um, the dryness and, you know, all kinds of things. It was definitely um, eye-opening and a learning experience for me. Yeah, that's incredible. So now that you're back in the United States, what is on deck for you now? I'm currently... <laughs> Three days back into LA and I'm rehearsing for a show, uh, a concert that's going to be at the Getty Villa for three nights in February. So um, I went to rehearsal uh, very jet lagged yesterday. <laughs> Thankfully, I got the day off today. Um, but it's a um, I, I work with this uh, musical comedic troupe called the, the Trubies in Los Angeles. And it's made up of incredible award-winning comedians that you've seen on like TV shows that also have incredible voices. And then there are people like myself, um, you know, I'm a professional singer, but I also come from the musical theater community and that's where I got my start. So um, we're putting on a concert that's also quite humorous <laughs> and it's like a little like spoof on like Greek gods and goddesses uh, time to Valentine's day. So um, jumping right back in and singing and doing sessions in LA and, you know, lining stuff up now that I'm back home. That's amazing. That's great. That, that sounds like a very unique show. I love it. Yeah. It's going to be funny. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Love yeah. it. 
Uh, well, take let's go back in time so we can get a feel for what your origin story is and what your musical journey has been like. Uh, what is it that led up to such an incredible uh, professional career for you? Well, um, I'll start from the very beginning. Uh, I come from a very musical family. My mom sings, my dad plays drums, uh, my brother plays, both my brothers play saxophone. Uh, one is a professional uh, saxophone player uh, who just finished up his his contract, you know, in the U.S. Army, in, in the band there. Okay. Um, so very musical family. And it, it was like really obvious early on to my mom. I would match pitch and stuff like that and make her pull over the car so I could go sing to the horses. <laughs> Uh, it was pretty obvious I was a singer. Uh, my favorite is I would read, or instead of reading the book at, at story time to my grandma, I would sing it. She would go, your turn. And then I would sing it. Um, so, I mean, all signs pointed to singer, performer. Yeah. And I, I grew up uh, performing in theater in San Diego. San Diego has such a great theater community. Mm-hmm. And coming up in Vista, there's an, an incredible venue um, called the Moonlight Amphitheater. And like, you know, that's kind of like the epicenter of everything that goes on in mm-hmm. North County, San Diego. Um, so I feel so lucky to have grown up in that that community. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I started working in theater when I was 10. My mom just took me to an audition. And like any 10 year old, I was really excited and very terrified. But like once I got up there and did it, I was stoked. Uh, I played Amaryllis in The Music Man at the Lawrence Welk Resort Theater, uh, which is still up and running and putting on fantastic professional theater in San Diego. And then it was kind of like off to the races from there. I, I worked um, in musicals and plays and, you know, I was a child actor. And then I found my way as I was in Los Angeles into the recording studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a really awesome kind of like lifelong relationship with Studio City Sound and uh, Studio City. The owner is like my LA dad. That's what Mm -hmm. I call him. Shout out to Tom Weir. Um, It was Tom that saw something in me and started throwing me into sessions when I was 15, 16 years old working with clients. And Mm -hmm. it was just a progression of that. Um, And I'm just thankful for those like early years behind the mic that made me realize that, you know, session work is what I really love to do. I'm, I'm a stage performer, uh, you know, given, you know, how I started in the industry, I always will be, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I remember walking into that studio, I think I was 13 or 14 and I went in for like an open call for like a new musical. And they were just using that space to, to cast it. And, and so the studio owner had like an affiliation with it. Um, and I walked out of the studio, got into the car with my mom. And I said, I think that's what I want to do. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, it was like a moment, you know, sometimes you just like shrug those moments off. But it was really like a defining moment for me as a singer. Um, because my mom had... had 
well, I remember for my birthday when I was 11, she was like, I want to take you to a recording studio. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we practiced a song and um, I forgot what it was. I don't know. It was maybe some like, like hero by Mariah Carey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Something crazy for an 11 year old to be singing. Right. Um, <laughs> I love my mom. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so like, I, I, I remember she got me studio time when I was 11 and I, I like really enjoyed that a lot. And, um, you know, it was just this progression of in, in time that it took for me to realize that you know, that was home. Like I feel more at home in the booth than like anywhere else, mm -hmm. um, to this very day. Um, and yeah, I just, I just kept it going. And, you know, I've always continued to work as an actor in, in musical theater and as a session singer and as a, a live singer and performer in Los Angeles. And, uh, the journey has been a little crazy. Like when I was young, I had the chance to be the opening soloist for a UNICEF benefit concert and the headliners were Sting and Natalie Cole. Whoa. So here I was as 13 year old and sitting backstage and um, they like came back and I like shook their hand and like wow. met them. And um, I remember seeing Sting on stage during the UNICEF event, like after I had sung and I was standing, it was at the Beverly Wilshire and I was standing on the this like big staircase there and you know like everybody else was like in like the room that I could see in the difference in the distance like the stage and Sting was like singing and playing bass and I thought I want to do that <laughs> that's so cool and and it was literally like months after that that I picked up bass and and started learning um but it's like those defining moments that really um, like shifted my trajectory as a musician. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then from there, I mean, it was just like I mentioned the day to day. I, I feel like each day it's like this like little step after little step, mm -hmm. um, hoping that something will work and, you know, that you'll connect with more people that believe in you. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, for the people in my circle that just have always believed in me. And, and I, I love to gas up my friends. That's like my, my favorite mm. thing to do. Like it's, there's, I take so much joy in doing that and paying it forward because there was a lot of people in early on in my career that just believed in me a lot mm -hmm. and not that like, and it wasn't because like there was something in it for them or, or any other reason is it was just because they wanted to. Yeah. Um, and just the pureness of that, I think is so special. And mm -hmm. um, that's what kind of brought me along, along my way. And I'm literally so still so early in my career. I mean, I'm 31. And even though it feels like it's been a long time, because yeah. 10 to 31, 21 years, yeah. um, it, there's still like so much more in the future. And that's really a really, really exciting thought um, mm -hmm. that I can grow into new opportunities, um, especially as a session singer. And I, I feel like it's, it's similar as an actor, like there are new, new voices and new roles that you can age into and, you know, different sides of things to see. Um, 
but but yeah, it's it's been a wild, wild ride. And I ended up um, meeting my husband through the music industry in LA at that very same studio that I walked yeah. into in 2005, yeah. I think. Um, and we met in Studio A. He was my guitar player for a minute. <laughs> Still <laughs> is, but I want him to be um, when he's willing. Uh, he's incredible. His name is John McLennan. And yeah, we've been married for over eight years now. So it's um, it's crazy how, you know, just following what you love and your dreams and your passions can just help you find people and yeah. and uh, experiences that are just so like life defining and just enjoyable. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you've definitely gotten your money's worth out of that studio. That's amazing. <laughs> there, I mean, it's like a big Italian family. Yeah. Like whenever I would go there during college, like I would do all my classes like in college and then I would, um, I went to Long Beach State, uh, shout out to the 49ers, mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the mascot, not the team. I <laughs> know <But laughs> we're in Super Bowl season, but um yeah, I would go up after my classes and I would stay there all night um, into the early hours of the morning, like 1 a.m. And then I would drive back to Long Beach. And um, I, whenever I would walk in the door, um, the owner would be like, like, do you want some Italian food? Like, you need to eat something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's just the vibe. I mean, it's a really special place because it's um, independently owned and run mm -hmm. by this incredible family. Um so you never go hungry there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've just met some pretty, pretty incredible musicians and people like the drummer that um, I grew up singing with on a lot of sessions, who was like a first call drummer there is now on tour with ACDC. Mm. Um, and uh, Josh Fries, um, who's another drummer who I, I grew up you know, singing on tracks with, he's on tour with the Foo Fighters. So wow. it's, um, it's kind of amazing to be around like that sort of musicianship when you're really young, because mm -hmm. um, especially drummers, um, you just learn so much from them instinctively. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the drummer that's with uh, on tour with ACDC, his name is Matt Logg. And he also played on the Jagged Little Pill record um, with Alanis Morissette. And like people like Matt have always been um, like a part of the same crew and like just lo looking on from afar, like as I kind of came up and, and have been doing my thing and we've had like great chats, but it's um, there's a lot of camaraderie um, you know, across the board, I, at least in my experience with session musicians, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's singers, drummers, bass players, <laughs> guitarists, um, I think that's like a really special part of our community in LA. And I know with everything that happened with COVID, it was, you know, the whole like rhythm of going out, um, you know, and just being in person with people, um, you know, kind of came to a halt, um, hoping, you know, for more connection as we um, continue, um, to grow out of, you know, this, this new normal. I don't know if I like that phrase, but like, mm -hmm. we definitely had like a shift in, you know, how we experience community now, um, yeah. in Los Angeles, but, um, for the community that's here, um, and, and the people that I've been able to confide in, like, I just feel so lucky, um, mm -hmm. to have that. Yeah.
Absolutely. I know. I, I, I want to dive more into um, the session work and talk about that. But before that, I, I want to reflect on just your overall journey and having this kind of epicenter of this uh, recording studio. So many things that have come out of it, so many seeds it planted for you, the spinoffs, all of them. <laughs> and it really makes me think about um, all the stories that I've heard doing this podcast that so often when you're not in the music business, you hear the term making it or getting discovered or big break. Like there's some sort of finish line within the whole thing, right? That um, like there, there's a destination in this, in this uh, business as a goal, I guess. Um, but what I have found over time is that when, when I talk to singers and musicians about their journey, uh, the reward is always the journey itself and, and the relationships that you've picked up, uh, the, the opportunities that have sprung from different situations. And um, it's just such a wonderful experience to just go back and think about those things. And, and like you said, reflect on the friendships that you have, you know, curated over the years and just the wonderful things that people have poured into your life. Uh, and I mean, you know, it, it sounds like you feel the same way that it really is. It's, it's all those steps in the journey that that's making it. That's what really is the reward. It's such an interesting phrase, making it. It was something I was thinking about a few weeks back when I was on an off day in China <laughs> in, in between uh, Disney concerts. And it's, I don't think it exists. Like it's, yeah. it's like never ending, right? Um, and there are moments where it feels like it's making it or, or it's, you know, you know, booking a really great gig, um, that you've always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, as I was on tour and I was, you know, just out and about, it's, it's funny how like going to a completely different country can give you a lot of time to meditate. Mm. And I just thought about, okay, what's next? Like what's on the vision board? Um, I need to keep dreaming. And I think to your point, making it suggests that there is a finish line mm -hmm. when really I don't see any finish line. And some days it can be uh, pretty daunting. Um, and other days, um, I don't know, I guess like the, the winds and the excitement and the moments and the people and the memories really just make me forget about that and, mm -hmm. and make the journey. It's the, the whole like journey, like aspect is so tricky because the journey can be so trying at times, mm -hmm. um, where it's really hard to know how to put one foot in front of the other and, and what direction we want to go in. And I think for me, it's like, and then one aspect of that is like, you know, what gigs, you know, I want to do next and, you know, what is that going to look like? And then another aspect is like, am I authentically, how do I continue to put my best authentic self out mm -hmm. there as a creative and a singer? Mm -hmm. Um, I think, and I think it's, it's easy as session singers to kind of like fall into this because, you know, 
we're supposed to be chameleons. And that's like so much of what we do. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of always been that way as a singer, even from like the early days when I was, um, you know, training when I was a kid, um, I would always want to be across like all these different styles. And there was something cool about the challenge of mastering each one. But, you know, in being a chameleon, it's like at the same time, like I'm always thinking about how do I create the most authentic brand of mm-hmm. what I do? Yeah. And what is that? And I, I feel like I'm constantly trying to discover that, you know, mm-hmm. And, and of course that's a mandatory, um, I'm an artist as well. And I write, um, and record a lot of my own music and I have new music coming out this year. Yay. Now that I'm back in the U S. Um, but you know, as an artist, that's a mandatory to, you know, be able to express yourself in the most authentic way, you know, through your voice and your writing, Mm -hmm. um, and, and your emotion. But as a session singer, I think that's a very interesting challenge. Um, so people know, um, yes, this person does X, Y, and Z, and they're across, you know, all these different types of singing and genres and styles, but, you know, like they're best at this, or they're really known for this, or their voice is this, um, without like putting a boundary on it. That's like the craziest thing because uh, like, I'll give you a really good example. (laughs) Um, I'm known for having like a, like a rounder, like huskier, beltier, like it's just a thicker, thicker, warmer voice. Um, Mm -hmm. and I I think people could guess that from just hearing me talk too. Um, so when I was on, on the road with Disney, um, you know, I was the belt track. So I sang like all the Elsa songs. I sang like Pocahontas, like colors of the wind. Um, in addition to like all the ensemble, um, stuff, I sang like the beauty and the beast, like the Celine Dion version. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, in our last city, our musical director, who's fantastic, shout out to Steve, um, he let us pick um, songs that we didn't sing in the show for our Mm -hmm. final sound check. Oh, wow. (laughs) And I thought it's funny because like people like really think like, I just like surprising people. It's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And I picked like part of your world and did like the full like aerial voice. And uh, like, (laughs) it's funny, like my longtime voice teacher from San Diego, um, like literally was the definition of an aerial voice. So for Mm -hmm. me, it's just doing an impression of my, my, uh, my vocal coach that I took from for like 15 years. Um, So just to see like the look on people's faces, though, when you do something so different, like it just reminded me like while you're trying to, you know, brand yourself, never put yourself in a box too much Mm -hmm. or like have self-limiting thoughts or, or beliefs about what you're capable of because you might surprise yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think, I think it's just something to, I don't know, think about ponder as a, as a session singer, um, Mm -hmm you know, it really is endless. Like it's an endless, um, challenge. Like I like to think of it as a challenge, um, to figure out how to do something or what I want to do next. Um, what really inspires me and, you know, to sing with people that inspire me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've touched on this a, a lot, um, throughout this show that, uh, finding your authentic voice and just, 
you know, constantly exploring, you know, yourself as an artist, um, I think that with session singing, having to be a chameleon, I kind of compare it to doing the, you know, doing covers in a band. If you're a corporate singer or something like that, you, you do, you have to be a chameleon all the time. But I think it's an amazing opportunity as a vocalist, though, when you're trying to emulate the sounds of somebody else, you're simultaneously discovering elements of your own voice that you might not have otherwise even tried to tap into. And so those things that those gears in your voice or those qualities in your voice that you discover really kind of go into your, you know, artistic toolbox, you know, they become ch artistic choices that you can always go back to. Uh, and I think that's, I think, it's one of the reasons I, I mean, as a vocal coach, I really like to have anyone who's an original artist that works with me. I like to have them do some study, you know, on some, some cover songs and, and, uh, you know, explore their voices that way too. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just picking and choosing what we like from different people. I think if we're talking about artistry, mm -hmm. um, to begin with, like, that's always a really exciting thing for me. Like I'm thinking about like, what playlist do I want to put together this year just to increase like my like vocal vocabulary, not mm -hmm. only like stylistically, yeah. but for, like runs and all that. And, and usually if it's a genre that I want to increase my vocabulary and I'll hit up a friend who like slays that genre yeah. um, so that I can just get better acquainted with it. And, you know, the best thing to do is just use our ears um, mm -hmm. and then, it's, it's funny that the whole, like our whole concept of sound is like, especially with like emulations or, um, you know, exploring other styles and other choices and other parts of our voice um, that perhaps are very different from what we usually do. Like our perception of that, like the, when we sing it, the way we hear it is so different. Mm -hmm. And so what, what I've had to do in the past is if I'm testing to see if I could get a particular sound. Mm -hmm. I just, I sit there with a voice memo and I record it and hear myself back as I'm tweaking it. Yeah. Um, because my perception of it in my own ears, it, it still sounds like me, even though it sounds yeah. very different from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the weirdest thing, especially when I was like singing. Um, I didn't, I didn't have the princess track, um, on this Disney concerts tour. But when I was like exploring some of those songs on my own, I was like, how would I sing it? Mm -hmm. And um, what does that sound like? Okay, let me record it and hear it back. Um, it's the trippiest thing. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the craziest thing too, like on tour was, um, you know, for the set show and what I did sing, going from venue to venue, like these were incredible venues, like th three tier, um, you know, auditoriums, um, we were singing with, um, uh, 40 and 50 piece orchestras, mm. um, an incredible rhythm section. Um, we were on in-ears, but you know, no matter what, it's like the sound, um, changed in every environment. So yeah. like my perception of sound would change, um, depending on how the theater was built. Um, and it was just, I think we all have it in the back of our mind that like acoustics are a factor, Mm -hmm. But like this was 
another reminder that acoustics really are a factor, even if you're on ears. Mm -hmm. um, I personally like to wear one in-ear in, and then I have mm -hmm. an earplug in my other ear for intonation, just so I can like hear myself in my head mm -hmm. a little bit more, but it also lets in sound from the environment as well. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it, it was just the whole concept of, you know, something sounding different than, you know, an output. It, mm -hmm. I was really um, amazed by the differences in sound in each theater. I just, I get nerdy about that stuff sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Gotta have to be, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a great challenge. And uh, I love the fact that you've had um, so much experience in the live performance space on stage, but also as a, a session singer. And and going back to what you said about, you know, really finding your home in session singing and, um, you know, I guess nerding out on what are those, what are those, you know, qualities about those opportunities that you love the most? Why do you think it is you found your home in session singing versus the stage? It's funny because it's like siblings, right? Like I, or like your children, <laughs> like I treat them equally. Yeah. <laughs> But, and I love them equally, <laughs> but there's something about being in the booth that's just, it's like, I don't have to worry about how I look when I'm singing or like, you know, like it, being a performer and like this, there's so much more that like, I mean, live is a whole other beast. Um, I just like mm -hmm. focusing on the vocal and being creative with that and, you know, I do a lot of vocal arranging on the fly because I do um, where I came up doing a lot of like pop and like contemporary uh, sessions um, in, in those types of genres um, where, you know, you just get thrown into the booth and um, with sometimes a demo, sometimes not. And you just learn what you need to sing for the lead and you communicate and interpret what the client wants and then they want backgrounds and you just go and it's like split second decisions um, because time is money but um you know there's something really exciting and special about that and creative um that inspires me but you know whenever i'm back on the stage like when i was um just out on tour um i also worked on a, a brand new musical um called dark of the moon that was written by some incredible songwriters, Dave Bassett and uh, Lindy Robbins, who have um, a plethora of, of pop and contemporary music hits among them. Um, like Dave wrote Fight Song and like X, X's and O's by L. King. Mm -hmm. um, Lindy has worked with Jason Derulo, like the Backstreet Boys. Like Lindy is um, a queen in her own right. And they wrote a musical and it was incredible. And we had, um, you know, more than a half a dozen performers that had a bunch of Broadway credits among, oh. among themselves. And I got to originate a role um, which was very exciting to have like something written um, for your voice. Yeah. Um, and it was, the music was um, country folk Americana with some like some rock influence. Um, very exciting stuff. Um, but, you know, whenever I'm on the stage like that, like that's a whole other level of creation, like originating a role in a musical. Um, 
and you know, I'm also a tap dancer. I think you mentioned that at the top mm -hmm, and when yeah. I was in dark of the moon, I got to tap and, you know, we worked with the incredible Chris Catelli, um, who has a Tony for newsies and, um, just really knows that world and just so many other worlds, um, in the, you know, theatrical performing space and TV and film so well. Um, you know, so it's like, I can't, like, I could never let go of the live part of what I do because it's just so fulfilling. Um, I love like vibing off of an audience. Like there's something really electric about it. It's just different. You know, it's uh, apples and oranges. I love them both. Yeah. Um, I try not to favor one too much, but you know, I guess if I had to pick one, it would be being in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Getting that. Um, do you ever find it challenging to balance both of those worlds? Do you find conflicts when it comes to either scheduling it or having to choose one over the other? Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I feel like it's a constant juggling act, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's just kind of, there's an opportunity cost, you know, for everything that we choose, yeah. Right. So like, you know, leaving LA for three months, you know, is something that I had to think about. And, um, you know, thankfully it was during more of a, like a low season in Los Angeles, like November, December, early January. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it is a juggling act and I just kind of have to shift the puzzle pieces around and, you know, figure out what's going to be best for me. And I think it's, um, you know, people say that, you get what you like focus on. Mm -hmm. And if your focus is too broad, then it can dilute a lot of your efforts mm -hmm. in trying to achieve goals in a specific area. Right. Um, can you tell I'm type A? <laughs> but, you know, I, I, it's something that I've thought of a lot lately um, because if you have your hands in a lot of things, then, you know, maybe you won't get the focus for, you know, the session side or whatever. So I honestly, that's something that I have to do this year is just to mm -hmm. sit down and focus on, you know, what are, cause goal goals like are always changing, you know, like I put together a vision board this time last year and I'm going to go back and revisit that vision board. And, you know, mm -hmm. hopefully I think I'm going to be able to check some things off the list on there, which is very exciting. Yes. But, um, but it's like, what's next. And then I have to, think about what matters most to me and where I'm willing to sacrifice because mm -hmm. um, time is not infinite. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that I'm doing projects that fulfill me the most, that I'm working with people that I love, mm -hmm. that I'm inspired by, that I learn from. Um, I think um, there's so much to be said, not only, you know, from musicians, the, you know, the instrumentalists that are on sessions, but also, um, you know, the incredible singers that, um, you know, I get to be around on those sessions um, yeah. and just learning at the music stand, like, you know, like we're, we're there and we're doing a job and we're delivering what we need to do, but it's like seeing how other people work um, is very interesting to me mm -hmm. and it's something that I try to like observe um and you know take what I can from and I, I know that I have my own way of working and um you know it's a little different in a more casual pop session versus a on like ensemble thing for a movie or a tv show mm -hmm. um 
or you're working with a contractor, but um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's putting the, the puzzle pieces together and figuring out where to put my time and you know, what things are going to make me the happiest. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really can resonate with that a lot. And, and i I feel you on that, that there are seasons that we go through where, you know, there's a time and a place to be deep and wide with what you're doing. And then there's a time just to be wide. And then there's a time just to be deep. And it's important to have that awareness and really think through it. So I, I love that you're the type of person who, you know, has a vision, has a vision board and is really being very um, intentional ab about the choices that you're making. And um, there's certainly nothing wrong with, you know, flying by the seat of your pants, but that's just not for everybody. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if I I've been trying to given like how type A I am, um, I've tried to give myself more freedom or inspire myself to feel more free, not only as a performer, mm -hmm. um, because oh my God, do I feel the difference um, when I'm not thinking through, through things too much, but just like in how I'm going about the journey, yeah, you know, and allowing myself to like live a little and not be like grinding so hard. Um, and the other thing that like, I think it's really easy to be hard on ourselves um, in this industry. You know, what we do is mentally like very difficult, just, um, the ups and the downs and, you know, auditioning for stuff and really wanting something or getting that call back or being among the final few being considered for a gig and then, or not getting a call. Like that's yeah. all really hard. Um, and I think sometimes it convinces us that we need to shift how we do something. And yeah, in some cases it might, but, um, I think it's really important to maintain uh, the uh, authenticity and integrity of what you do and who you are and what your brand is as a singer. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, like if you had asked me, like, would I be on a Disney tour, even though I've done voiceover for Disney, I've done like a, a few things for them through the years. I've sung on Disney movies, but I didn't really think of my, I guess I just thought like, oh, you know, if it's like a, a live Disney thing, it's just going to be a lot of women that sing all the princess music. And I'm like, ah, I may not be the first call for that, even though I can do it. Yeah. But I like never, I, I was actually really surprised like when I, when I booked it and the MD told me that he wanted me because of my like originality in my interpretation, I sang some of the frozen stuff and he was like, I'd never heard a version like this. And he's like, I really, really loved it. Wow. And, um, I think it was just a moment for me to remember that, like, I don't know for all of us remember, like that is like your superpower because nobody else can show up in that room or show up behind the mic yes. being you. And I know that we like, we hear this a lot, but like, it took me a second to internalize it. Yeah. And to realize that I was on that tour because I just decided to be me mm -hmm. and, and do Heather's version of X because that's far more interesting than me doing a, an imitation. Yeah. Um, because my singing voice couldn't be um, f far enough from Adina Menzel. So <laughs> our tones are very different. Mm -hmm. um, 
but you know, sometimes that's okay. Yeah. Um, and it was an exciting, exciting journey. So I think for anybody that's listening, if you ever feel like, you know, something didn't work out the way you wanted it to, or you really wanted X gig and it's like, don't change like who you are, like keep showing up as, as who you are, because that is so incredibly unique and interesting. And, you know, somebody's going to come along and hear you doing you and be so amazed and, um, be your biggest fan. So, um, yeah, it's, it's quite the journey, um, mentally. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really powerful. I love that you talked about that and, and gave the example, um, that you did is, uh, just incredibly important to think about that. And, and just to remind yourself constantly, because it, it, we are so vulnerable to comparing ourselves because we see the highlight reels of all of our, you know, friends and colleagues that are in the business as well. And all the op opportunities that they're having, which is amazing, you know, and, and mm -hmm. of course we're celebrating them on the sidelines, but you know, it's inevitable that it makes you question, uh, you know, where you're at with things, yeah. but it is so important that you pointed out just to constantly come back to yourself, constantly come back to yourself because, um, you know, there is only one you and only you're, you're the only one who's able to do what you do and the opportunities that were meant for you will land for you. If mm -hmm. it doesn't, it wasn't meant for you to begin with, you know, and in the most like organic way too. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy. And like, I would say with like seeing the wins like of others mm -hmm. and seeing it. Cause I mean, social media is a highlight reel. Like I use my Instagram, like a business card because that's sure. where people go to look, you know, if mm -hmm. to see, you know, see what I do as a vocalist and a performer and see if they want to hire me potentially. But, mm -hmm. um, when, and my Instagram is my highlight reel, you know, and sometimes I get really real on my Instagram stories or to my close friends. And, you know, it's like, this is what I'm going through, but you know, you don't necessarily see that that much. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a very important thing to remember. Mm -hmm. um, Cause like on, you know, like the other 80% of the year, I'm sitting here wondering why didn't that happen? What do I need to do? What do I need to practice? oh, I really didn't like that vocal that I did. Like, I didn't like that note or, you know, like it's so, it, that's what the other 80% of my year looks like, yeah. you know? Um, but people, people, it's, it's easy, even, even for myself, it's easy to forget that. Mm -hmm. And um, I think when I see my friends winning, um, like I want to see them win. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's um, really inspiring to me. And, and I said at the beginning of this, that I, I really like to gas my friends up because, um, the, the people that are, that are close to me that are in this, like, you know, creative world, um, they're my biggest inspiration. So when something really great happens for them, I'm stoked. Um, and like, I'll give a really good example. I have a good friend named Amber Sawyer and she just, um, you know, sang on a few episodes of Dancing with the Stars. I was so mm -hmm. proud of her. It happened while I was in uh, China and just to see her get her flowers. Um, she's an incredible singer. Mm -hmm. um, it was such a special moment. Um, 
And you know, when people have wins um, and I go, oh, like that would be really cool to do. Yeah. Like if I'm inspired by it, I'd be like, I'd like to do that too. Like that would be really awesome. You know, if the, if somebody asked me to do it and I, you know, the opportunity came up, I would say yes. So <laughs> what I do like on an Instagram or something like that, I'll either screenshot or like bookmark stuff like that. And mm -hmm. then I'll set aside time and I'll go through those bookmarks and figure out, okay, what are the top things that I want to do? And like, how do I get there? And what are the steps? And if I don't know how to get there, I reach out to people that I think might have insight on the steps, but it's not, I think it's easy to reach out to people and be like, who's the contact or what is this? Like, that's not really like my vibe. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's less about the contact and knowing about the steps to get yourself ready because mm -hmm. like you attract what you prepare yourself for and what, and what yeah. you really want and what you put the work behind. Um, so that's like more of, you know, what I ask people about. Um, yeah. 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 That's really smart. I like that a lot. And it definitely, I think it's just so much more, um, it's so much healthier for the relationships as well. And, yeah. you know, nobody likes a <laughs> what's in it for me type vibe. That's, that's yucky. We're all trying to but, get somewhere, you know, sure. it's like if we can all just, I don't know, navigate everything in a way that lifts people up and inspires. And, you know, I, I I'm more concerned about the human um, cause for me, like the main reason why I sing and why I do music, um, is for like one of the aspects of that is community. Yeah. And there's something about the community, you know, being a musician, um, and singing with incredible players, singers, um, that just, you know, makes me love life like that mm -hmm. much more. Um, so it's like, for me, it's like community first, you know, mm -hmm. like obviously like take care of myself, <laughs> make sure I'm like healthy. I mean, that's so hard. I, I mean, I was so tested when I was traveling these last three months mm -hmm. to, you know, stay healthy on all the planes and trains. But when I'm not, I mean, I'm always prioritizing that, but aside from that, it's like for me to really feel healthy in an industry that is already so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, like the community aspect, like really needs to be there for me. Yeah. 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 I love that. Um, speaking of you, uniquely you, let's talk about the new music that you have coming out. Tell oh, me yeah. about this. It's my sad girl era. <laughs> and I'm here for it because I've traditionally <laughs> released music that is a little like happier. Um, that is like my vibe, but um, I think it's, what I'm putting out is more like singer songwriter vibey, like still inspirational and all my um, original music for my artist project has a silver lining. Um, but it's, it's more like I'm diving more into the, the realism aspect of what it means to be happy. <laughs> what, what that even means. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and a lot of the topics of this new music are, um, you know, just, I, th I think will really resonate with women. Um, that's what I think, you know, I'm just yeah. guessing at this point because um, I haven't put it out yet, but um, like there's a song inspired by uh, 
the relationship that my grandma had with her mom, um, my family, my, my, my own mother, she never met her great grandmother. Mm -hmm. She wasn't allowed to, because there was a lot of stuff that went down Mm -hmm. and my grandmother Mm -hmm. felt abandoned. And it, you know, there was, there's some, I've always like wondered what that relationship was like because it was so shrouded in mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, what came from that was a song that's about, um, it's called all the advice I didn't ask for. Um, and it's not about my own mother. I love my mother deeply. Uh, she's amazing. My biggest inspiration. Um, but it's about uh, generational trauma. Um between uh, women in a family and how that doesn't necessarily need to be passed down. Um, But just examining that. And then I have another song uh, called Less of a Woman. That's about, um, I've been married for eight and a half years. I don't have any kids. I have a dog. Um, She's she's the cutest thing. And, you know, people ask me all the time, like, are you going to have kids? And, you know, it made me think like some people like, don't want kids. I mean, I personally do. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have kids. Um, and I wrote the song about how, you know, not knowing if you want kids or not being able to have kids, it doesn't mean that you're less of a woman because I yeah. think that's something that can be in- internalized. Um, my mom thought that she wasn't going to be able to be able to have kids. And then like I showed up. So, mm-hmm. um, and she thought she was going to have to adopt and it was like this whole thing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of it is women's topics and, um, you know, with some undertones of, you know, I, I am very, I've said it so many times on this uh, interview, so type A, recovering people pleaser. Um, <laughs> there's, there's some undertones and themes of that and a lot of what I write as well, because I, I truly believe that I'm coming into my chill era. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's funny, the people that are closest to me would be like, you chill, never. Um, (laughs) But I I really do feel like instead of focusing on achieving, 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 um, I'm more, I'm enjoying the view right now. I think that's the best way to say it. But coming in 2024, um, I, I love you know, singing behind other artists, but doing my own, uh, writing my own music and and putting that out. It was really a passion for me. Yeah. That sounds like it's going to be an incredible contribution. I'm, I'm excited to hear it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's been amazing hearing your journey and just, you have incredible insights, um, about your journey as well that I'm very inspired by and have just, I've just enjoyed this conversation so much. Um, and I just get such a, I don't know, a powerful vibe from you. And, and it really makes me believe that, you know, you're somebody who, um, is unstoppable. I get that from you. Uh, so what do you think it is that makes you unstoppable? Resilience. And uh, being able, being an optimist, being able to see the silver lining in every type of situation, even though like in the moment it might be really hard. And I think that's a factor that's contributed to my own resilience because, 
you know, people say this all the time, oh, I wanted to quit. And then this happened. And, um, you know, I, I think it, it's all about being in it for the long game, right? And it's very easy to say that because it's this business is so hard. But I think being unstoppable, like if you want to be unstoppable, you have to be resilient. Yeah. Even when it is really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think optimism is one of those ingredients. Yeah. Wonderful. Oh, you're such a rock star, Heather. I love it. It's Thanks. Been great. <laughs> I just, I, I wanted this to be like less about the work, you know, it's like, like we could talk about like the, the ins and outs of the sessions and what was it like working with this person or that person or mm-hmm. on this project. But it's like, like for me, I, I wanted to like keep it broad, you know, mm-hmm. and more about like the, the mental aspect of, you know, what we do and, you know, what we go through and mm-hmm. what makes being, you know, a session singer, a live singer, all that, um, so special, you know, it's for the moments. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Thanks for having I, me. Oh, thank you for doing this. I, I am all about that. I am here for that. It's my favorite. This has been a great, inspiring conversation. I'm really, really grateful that you took the time after such an exhausting trip. Um, but uh, I'll let you have your the rest of your evening back. But I hope that our paths cross soon hopefully in person, not online. Um, <laughs> yeah, I will definitely be cheering you on from the sidelines. So thank uh, you. From you. San Diego, my favorite Yay. place. <laughs> <laughs> We're all cheering for you from San Diego. I love it. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Heather. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks so much for joining us. If you love this conversation as much as I did and would like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with The Unstoppable Singer and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Unstoppable Singer. And while you're there, please share this episode on your Instagram stories and tag me at Unstoppable Singer. Once again, I'm Danielle Tucker, a professional singer and vocal coach. I've spent the last 25 years crafting a successful career for myself in the music industry and showing other aspiring singers how to do the same. The world needs your voice now more than ever. So get out there and create an unstoppable career.